Peace be unto you, everyone. Welcome. We're back. The Mississippi on the Move podcast. I am your brother, Abdul Shaheed Muhammad, and we're going to uh, move right on to the Elevated Places live broadcast momentarily. We will have you all plugged in to tune in with us as we will be guest hosts for the Dr. Ava's Elevated Places blog talk radio podcast with our dear sister Charlene Muhammad and uh, her staff and those who work 
to keep that uh, Block Talk Radio uh, broadcast going in memory and uh, continuing the work of our dear beloved sister, Sister Dr. Student Minister Ava Muhammad. May Allah be pleased with her and her work and that it will continue. And special guest on Elevated Places tonight will be our brother, the Student National Prison Reform Minister of the Nation of Islam, Student Minister Abdullah Muhammad, along with my brother and friend, Kenneth Muhammad. If we're gonna be together all apart, how about the only way that I know how to come is right straight from my heart. How would you know? Study group, and I am honored, honored, honored beyond words to be a part of this uh, Block Talk radio bo- uh, broadcast for this evening. And we got an exciting program uh, for you this evening. Uh, for tonight, our topic will we be discussing true prison reform, a look at the nation of Islam prison reform ministry. And uh, we also will be discussing uh, the recent uh, fourth annual prison reform gala that took place uh, this past Saturday. Our guest for tonight, the one and only, my big brother and friend, the student national prison reform minister of the Nation of Islam, student minister Abdullah Muhammad, along with another good and dear friend of mine and co-worker and comrade at arms in the mission of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, student minister Kenneth Muhammad, a product as well as student in the prison reform ministry. Uh, I think our guests should be on. Uh, momentarily if they are not already on. But I certainly want to pay uh, homage and respect and honor to our dear sister, Dr. Ava Muhammad, as I reflected and getting ready and preparing for tonight's program. Thoughts came to mind, particularly where she is concerned uh, as it relates to this past weather event. And I must say, when the cold snap really hit and the entire country and essentially was in a freeze. And I thought about what Sister Dr. Ava Muhammad said relative to the weather. And she said these words, and I'm not quoting exactly, but this is how I understood her. She said, when the weather gets extreme, it sometimes is a sign that the wicked are planning. And of course, as the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan has always said to us, we must pay attention to the weather simply because we are living in that time <clears throat> whereby we are witnessing the unraveling of a nation. Please, uh, I'd like to uh, stack up just a little bit, and I always like uh, to acknowledge our Creator and, uh, and pray that He will direct our path and our words and that this will be an enlightening and a productive conversation. So let me say first, in the name of Allah, the beneficent, the merciful, I bear witness to the oneness of God, to the oneness of his messengers, and to the oneness of the scriptures that were revealed through them to the whole of humanity. Uh, We don't argue over God's names, y'all. We know that people of other faith traditions refer to God by names other than that of Allah, and we honor and respect all of those names, and as spiritually mature people, we should understand that God makes himself known according to the language and culture of the people among whom he raised his prophets, his messengers, 
and his warners. We certainly also want to welcome the audience from the Mississippi On The Move podcast. Welcome to Elevated Places and welcome to our guests. Uh, Please feel free. We will have a call-in portion of the program. That call-in number is 563-999-3065. And I think our guests are on and ready to move. Uh, and uh, our sister Charlene, she will be on shortly with her news segment. But Assalamu alaikum, brothers. Are you there? Brother Student Minister Abdullah and my brother and friend Kenneth Muhammad, are you all there? Wa alaikum salam. Yes, sir. I'm on. Oh, wa alaikum salam. Praises be to Allah. Man, I, I got to admit, dear brothers, I'm a little, you know, a little bit nervous, you know, but of course, as we move, Allah will bless us. Now I'm excited. It's an excited nervousness. I'm honored to have the opportunity to guest host uh, this uh, very important and some pretty big shoes I'm standing in, not feeling, uh, uh, hosting this uh, this uh, Blog Talk Radio, Ask Dr. Ava or the Elevated Places Blog Talk Radio. Brothers, Tonight, we want to have a conversation with you about true prison reform. And of course, we know, and you know, uh, particularly as it relates to the the language that they use in reference to prisons and uh, jails and whatnot, they call them correctional institutions. But we'll get into that name, which is why we use true prison reform. We're going to be taking a look at the Nation of Islam's Prison Reform Ministry. Brother Abdullah, I want to start yes, with sir. you, brother. If you would be so be so kind, brother, uh, to introduce yourself to our listening audience. And if you could, brother, just share with us in your own words uh, some of your history where the Nation of Islam is concerned and the Nation of Islam Prison Reform Ministry. Okay, would you repeat that last part? Yes, sir. Uh, share with us uh, your history with the nation, in the Nation of Islam, and with the Prison Reform Ministry. Uh, yes, sir. Well, in the name of Allah, who appeared in the person of Master Far Muhammad, and in the name of His Exalted Christ, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, I thank. Allah for the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, who chose me to be his head of the Nation of Islam's Prison Reform Ministry. Uh, my history is that I found myself in jail in Chicago. I was uh, living a street life. And um, I got caught distributing some pills called Teas and Blues. <laughs> and I was, yeah. I, was <laughs> I don't know what they call them uh, down south. Uh, but I wound up going to uh, to the Cook County Jail here in Chicago. And uh, I was blessed 
by Allah to run into um, Brother Leotis X. Beasley, who was the only follower of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan during his second rise. And he had the only message to the black man in the uh, jail. So he asked me, well, the reason why I sat next to him, I thought he was the leader and I was like angry as hell with being busted and different things in my life going wrong. back to back to back and um if i was if i made twenty five hundred dollars then i would have to use it to bond a very important piece of my money making operation it would cost Mm -hmm. me the whole twenty five dollars to get them out so all kind of stuff just started going wrong i was pitching pennies and um uh, I pitched the liner, and the man pitched his penny, and it rolled in a circle and landed on top of mine. So I couldn't win at nothing, and, and then finally got finally got busted. By, by the time I got to jail, I had vowed I ain't joining no organization. I ain't doing a damn thing but what I want to do. I'm not going to mm. wait to be felt out. I'm just going to search the eyes of the brothers and whoever I think is the leader. Um, and uh, I looked in Brother Leota's eyes, hadn't seen a look like that before. And so I figured that he was the leader. So I went and sat down next to him with a man to hurt him uh, whenever uh, the opportunity presented itself for us to have this confrontation. But... I got lost in his conversation and what he was saying to the two inmates sitting to his right. And uh, he said that uh, according to the book of Revelations, the next president should be a a Christian and most specifically a Catholic. And uh, Mm. so the more I listened to him, the more my mind... Uh, my thinking inside me, I, w- I was listening to him and I was listening to the other dudes and what they were saying. And I found myself saying, man, I'm with this dude. I didn't know nobody thought like that, man. That's the way I think deep, deep down inside me. I'm with this dude. So mm-hmm. it was time to lock up. And he stood up and he said, uh, what would you do if God walked up to you right now? I said, I wouldn't do nothing. He said, you wouldn't be scared? I said, no, sir, because he know uh, I ain't did nothing but what I had to do to survive. He said, I, mm-hmm. I take take it that you can believe God is a man. And I said, uh, I got no problem with that. He said, well, the next time they let us out the cells, it would be dinner time. And after dinner, come down this corridor all the way to the end and the cell on the left we have study group and uh, so I was introduced to message to the black man and and my first introduction was uh, 
I think it was elevate, protect, and respect the black woman was my mm-hmm. first introduction to Islam. Yes, sir. Praise be to Allah. Beautiful, brother. Thank you so much. I want to move to my brother, brother Kenneth Muhammad, sir. If you would be so kind, dear brother, the opening statement for us. Introduce yourself to the Elevated Places audience and give us a little of your history, brother, uh, with the Nation of Islam's Prison Reform Ministry. Uh, Yes, sir, brother. First, let me open up in the most holy and righteous name of Allah, the beneficent, the merciful. Bear witness that there is no God but Allah. And bear witness, Muhammad is his messenger. I could never, ever thank him enough for his long-awaited intervention in an hour of affairs in the person of Master Father Muhammad, the great Mahdi. And he raised up a Georgia-born black man, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, and deposited himself into that man. And now we have the perfect reflection among us in the honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Brother, my introduction to the Nation of Islam's prison reform ministry was like so many thousands of our people. I was languishing in one of the prison houses of America. I was about eight years into a life sentence. And while I was just trying to cope with the reality of my condition, a brother walked up and invited me out to one of the services. It's not like that was the first time I had been invited, but it was something about this brother who looked like one of us, but unlike any of us. He had a glow about him. He had a discipline about him. And there was something that made me go in that chapel on that Friday afternoon. And when I heard him teach, and then after he gave me something to read, And in the next meeting, they were playing a tape. It was a VHS tape. That's how long ago it was. But the Honorable Mm -hmm. Minister Louis Farrakhan, (laughs) he said something in that. Even though the room was full of uh, brothers, it was like it was just me and him. And he said that there is no human being that cannot be redeemed. And that resonated with me. And all the things I was struggling with, I heard that word come out of that man's mouth, and I held on to that word. And I began the process of self-improvement, the basis for community development, just based on self-examination, self-analysis, and self-correction. And as the more I began to apply the teachings, the trajectory of my life began to change. My mentality changed. I still was in prison, but I wasn't in prison. And the way that I was able to transcend my environment, it gave me the will to continue to live. It gave me a reason to get up in the morning. I found my purpose. And not only that, 
I had the desire to share what I was studying with anybody who would listen to me. And that's how I became (laughs) one of the most dedicated, I'll say, (laughs) to the study of the teachings in prison at that time and began Mm -hmm. to, with the law's permission, we established study groups in all of the prisons. We established a nation of Islam library. We were blessed after a couple years to get the support from the local mosque, uh, Muhammad's Mosque, number 60 in Nashville, Tennessee. The minister at yeah. that time was uh, student minister Abdul Majid Muhammad. And that was a mosque that had the prison reform ministry interwoven into the fabric of all of the believers. So it was something that was not just talked about, you actually had to participate in. And Mm -hmm. so, brother, I didn't know when I was coming home, but in prison, you could not tell me I was not living the life of a (laughs) card-carrying member of the Nation of Islam. We had class on Monday, Wednesday, we Friday, and Sunday, just like uh, we do out here. And before, I won't say before you know it, because it it took close to 26 years. But Allah... Mm bless me to be released and wow. this is all I know all of my chips are in this I don't have a bag up plan and the Nation <laughs> of Islam's prison reform ministry has done so much for me and others like me that I, I gave my word that I would take Come this on, message like my leader to every nook mm. and cranny in the world Praise be to Allah. Beautiful, beautiful. Brother Abdullah, I, yes, I got to ask this question, brother. The Nation of Islam, you know, and for the audience, just a little uh, rewind, if you will. The Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad was the gene and his person and his personal experience with being unjustly incarcerated is the genesis. Uh, really, before him, his teacher, they even incarcerated his teacher, and he would call the Honorable Elijah Muhammad to see and to show him what the price would be to free black people. But the point number five in what the Muslims want on the back page, that manifested. And I just wanted to back up for the audience that may not have heard that or know anything about that genesis, and there's a lot more to it. But, Brother Abdullah, the Nation of Islam's Prison Reform Ministry has been kind of like, for lack of a better way of characterizing it, a quiet man manufacturing plant or a quiet gold and diamond mine where you can mine out those who would be willing to go in and mine out some of the best of our people, Malcolm X being an example and many, many others. But it's been like a quiet storm. My brother, share with us some of the work that you've done over the years. And I mean, it's right in the final call. I read about how you've been fighting for Brother Mumia and going around the country. The Nation of Islam's Prison Reform Ministry one point was under attack. But if you would, brother, share with the audience some of 
the accomplishments of, if you will, of some of the work that you've done over the years that, uh, you know, the listening audience and the public just may not necessarily know? Well, just without trying to recall everything, it's I would a lot. say my I'm work, looking at a lot. <laughs> my work is when you say true prison reform, simply speaking, my work is to help the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan mm. connect the soul of these men and women mm. to their creator. Yes, sir. Once they learn of their creator and learn of themselves, then that's when they are relieved of the burden of guilt. They did not create the circumstances that led them and us into prison. A wise, crooked deceiver who was written of thousands of years before they came into existence Mm -hmm. created and lured us into various different traps and that's what they call selling crack anyway they say I'm out here trapping where the government was trapping too and we were drawn into the trap and transmitting the word of God that came through his two messengers in our midst relieves them because they come into the knowledge now of Mm -hmm. the time and what must be done rather than focusing on the time the enemy gave them. As Mm -hmm. I told one brother last, uh, on the 21st of this month, he was talking about, you know, doing time and how much time. And I told him, I said, brother, you might be only one earthquake away from being free. Uh You got to know the time. And that your God is present. And that his exalted Christ was present among us and is now in an exalted position executing all of the power you say belong to God where he gave it to his right hand, the exalted Mm -hmm. Christ. And when Christ is exalted, that means he's not dead. So we have to Mm -hmm. bring them into the knowledge of the men of God, and especially the man at this hour of the second resurrection, so that they can tell time and understand what's going on with them and the world. So that's Mm -hmm. the only thing I got to say is I try to help Minister Farrakhan and on a phone call last week he talked about discovering himself and who he is and then he saw the cross and Mm -hmm. he said that Jesus asked the disciples, 
who are my helpers? And the disciples said, we are. And he said, mm-hmm. Jesus then said, pick up your cross and follow me. Yes, sir. And like Brother Kenneth said, he all in. Well, mm-hmm. when I realized he was talking to me in messengers and but don't speak idle words, I took it personal that he's talking to me. And with the reality of being blessed to know who he is, my answer was, I am. I'm your helper. And then mm-hmm. he said, I, he, then he said, on the other side, of, he said, Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow me. Then he told me on the other side of that cross is a new beginning. And I want you with me in the new beginning. So I'm striving to purify myself to be an example of my brothers and sisters that's locked down and to teach them not to think hopelessly because no Muslim thinks hopelessly and bring them into the knowledge of the time so that they'll know what must be done and so that they will know our God and once knowing our God, their prayers can't miss. And then we want to bring them up into that type of knowledge of God and the knowledge of themselves so that when they say, surely my prayer, my sacrifice, my life, and my death is all for Allah, they will mean it because just mm. uh, we just went through COVID-19. Some brothers died in prison. Mm. Some took the shot until they saw the video of the criterion and Mm -hmm. then they confessed that they had took the shot but they didn't know about the criterion some refused to take the shot and as a result the little slave wage job paying job that they had they lost that because we don't take the vaccination. So as a result, we got isolated while people that took the shot in ignorance were able to go to work and continue to make their minimum wage. Uh, Some prisons kept brothers from even having visits from their family because they didn't take the shot. So... These are wicked beasts, and the only thing that can keep them from crushing us is the knowledge of God. Mm. So that phone kind of threw me off, but... That's all right, brother. The knowledge of God accepted and practiced will earn us the protection of God. And like our God is promised and prophesied to destroy this America for all that they have done to us of wickedness and all the injustice that we suffer, 
He said it's scientists that can cut a shortage in the atmosphere and make the molecules so tight that nothing can come in and nothing can get out and he can set it on a blade from 13 mm -hmm. layers up. I believe and I told the brothers in the prison, your faith got to be that strong where you can believe that Allah, Master Farid Muhammad, can put a force field like you uh, around you the same way. Mm. If, Mr. if, 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 if uh, Captain Kirk and Spock can have a force field, you think your God can't? Come I on, believe man. that we are gods, and if we are gods, we can call on our God who we know, and he could protect us irregardless of somebody in the cell with coronavirus. That's right. COVID That's right, brother. That's the kind That's of faith right. I got, and I'm working on purifying myself because I'm with the minister. I'm picking up my cross, and I don't give a damn about nothing else in life. I'm eager. Mm. The only thing I want is not to be killed by the enemy. I want to kill the enemy because I'm sick and tired of them getting away with slaying us. Mm. So this is what these, I don't teach it in these exact words, but I try to strengthen my brothers the way the minister was ordered to go strengthen his brothers. I try to do the same thing according to the assignment that he gave me. Mm. I don't know if I answered your question, but <laughs> brother, Crazy brother, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, man, I asked this man some of his accomplishments, but he don't want to talk about that. And the beauty in that is, brother, you talked about what it is you've been asked to do. <laughs> and I think that is profound because a lot of people will, will bounce at the chance to talk about what they've been able to accomplish, been blessed to accomplish. And it's not a bad thing, but I find it interesting, brother, that you chose to address what it is that needs to be done for our brothers and sisters who are in the belly of the beast and what your desire is as it relates to purifying yourself that you may be a better helper. So, yes, sir, you answered the question in my estimation, because I'm just looking, brother, at many of the things that you've been able to do. As I mentioned, you've done work helping uh, Brother Abu Mumia uh, Jamal and Brother Malik Aziz, honoring people and traveling the country, the Delaware Valley and many places around the country that uh, many of us just simply don't know the work that's going on. It's a quiet work. Uh, but, brother, beautiful answer. And I want to get to you, Brother Kenneth, in a few minutes here. We're at 7.35, the top of the hour. We're going to bring our dear sister Charlene in for the final call segment of tonight's program. And then we're going to get to the wonderful callers that may want to call and ask questions uh, of you, brothers. But, Brother Kenneth, man, how, how has the, uh, up to this point, the transformative effect of the teachings both of you are certainly familiar with. I am. The world is. They watch Malcolm X. They see us in the streets. 
share with the audience just the, the transformative effect that it's had on your life and what you've been blessed to to accomplish in terms of personal development uh, up to this point in your life, brother, since you've met the teaching. Yes, sir. I like to tell brothers, I uh, would tell them in prison, of course, uh, to all those I speak with uh, now, that the teachings of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad under the leadership and guidance of the honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan are tailor-made for the black man and woman. Now, primarily mm -hmm. in the institutions, uh, of course, we're speaking with men and being housed with men. I will show them that the teachings cover every aspect of your life, the spiritual, right. the mental, and the physical. When we're talking mm -hmm. about the spiritual, to have that connection that Brother Abdullah was talking about, to be reconnected to your creator. Minister Farrakhan says that's what true prison reform is. It reconnects the soul to its creator. When you realize that there is no mystery God, that, that the, there is a reality to God, and then you connect to that reality, you gain superpowers. Your mentality mm. changes. You begin to think that there is nothing you cannot accomplish because your God is real. It cleans up all of that spookiness. We understand uh, the reality of God. Then we understand the true religion of God. We understand that what God did for those we will read about in the scriptures, that was uh, prophecy told to us as history, that those events that was talking about in actuality is speaking about the black man and woman's condition here in the hells of North America. That changes mm -hmm. your thinking on a spiritual level. Mm -hmm. Physically, yes, how to eat to live is probably one of the most understudied but most important aspects of the teachings. When I change mm. my diet, of course, immediately we get off of pork, and which wasn't too hard. Mm. Then I stopped eating red meat. Then I disciplined myself to eat only one meal a day. Mm. Then we would fast three days, the 72-hour fast. We call it the unity fast to purify ourselves. And and we were so wrapped up in their teaching that you could see it. It was like we moved at a different speed. We thought at a different speed. Our minds, our recollection, uh, recollection of names, date, places, events. Oh, it was, it was phenomenal. And going through mm -hmm. that process, that discipline, not just for a few days, I was in the, into maybe, the eighth year of my prison bed. So I lived like that 18 years. And so once mm -hmm. I was released in 2018, I go straight to the mosque. All I know is Nation of Islam. My conversation, mm -hmm. Nation of Islam. You know, it's, it's <laughs> the kind of thing that <laughs> it consumes you in a good way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
And so as I began to continue to grow, I'm out here now, I'm in the teachings and I'm adding things. But one of the things that propelled me, I want to say into another stratosphere is when I accepted the responsibility to become a husband. The process that the most honorable Elijah Muhammad gave us in courtship, finding, waiting on Allah to bring you the the perfect mate, a help me, someone to help you meet your full potential, brother. And when you wait on that person, is in and whatever you uh your weakness for lack of better word is their strength yeah, and right. vice versa. And they can refine your thinking, they can refine your movement. Wherever you uh mm-hmm. have maybe a sense of uneasiness, they can make that fun. And when I became a husband and married an MGT, oh, go man. ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm here to tell you that black woman man that black woman make you feel if you don't know you God she will make you believe it and then send you out there and say now go prove it <laughs> mm-hmm. and then when you come back and be like yeah I did she'll look at you and say I knew it all the time mm-hmm. so my Thank transformation the development, once I became a husband, I began to see why the prophet uh, Muhammad, peace be upon him, said that marriage is half of one's faith. And mm-hmm. that's important. And, and I say that to all the brothers that's listening that, that are out there that are unsure or coming up with reasons not to really take that step. You are missing a major piece of your development if you don't look to unite with the woman that the God who came for you provided for you and that's the MGT and I'll put a pin in it right there mm. man you talking about two wonderful answers man coming from brother Abdullah the mission the mission the mission and I, I have to bear witness brother the beauty of the transformative power of the teachings and and Brother Abdullah's answer, Sister Cosetta, she said that the prison is all he think about is serving yes, his sir. leader and our brothers and sisters, and you hear it coming from him. Now, brothers, at the top of the hour, we're about 18 minutes, 17 minutes. I want to get a couple more in before we get to our sister Charlene Muhammad. We certainly want to encourage our listeners uh, to continue to support Elevated Places. We're standing on the shoulders of our dear sister, Dr. Ava Muhammad, and her work, and we want it to continue into the future. And we certainly encourage you all now, make sure you go to www.ministerava.com where you will find her print books, e-books, and masterclass recordings. So we certainly want to get that in. But brothers, we the audience know a little bit about you, your experience, how Islam has touched your life. Let's move out into the community with this one. Uh, there's a lot going on in communities across the country, black communities in particular, and the concern about crime and violence we see according to what they report. And I emphasize according to what they report, uh, an uptick in criminal behavior, particularly among our young people. What, and with you, Brother Abdullah, and, and I'd like to hear both of you all's perspective, 
What can we do as a community, brothers, and the prison reform ministry to be proactive in terms of keeping our young people and our brothers and sisters out of the belly of the beast? Because it's as though we've run from them and left them to their own devices. And I think the prison reform ministry can play a heck of a role in that. Uh, so I would like to hear your perspective, Brother Abdullah. What can we expect or what do you think we as a community, as well as the prison reform ministry, can do to help stem the tide of our young brothers and sisters going down the path that you have experienced, Kenneth has experienced, you know that's the direction that our people should not go. What are your words on that, big brother? I'm just going to give you an example. And then, like, yes, sir. Brother Kent, take it the rest of the way. <clears throat> the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan chose me to be his national student national prison reform ministry. And at one time, he said, Brother Abdullah is my head of the Nation of Islam's mm. Prison Reform Ministry. As a result of my work on the inside of the jails and the prisons, um, there was um, a security firm established by mm. uh, Leonard, brother Leonard Farrakhan Muhammad in Rockwell Gardens. And it was, at the time, it was said to be the worst housing project in the country. Minister Farrakhan said that he wanted me to be the director of security um, for New Life Self-Development Company. And so I went, I accepted the job, and I went down there. When I got out the car, the people was hollering my name, Abdullah, Abdullah, that's Abdullah in the long, in, in the maxi level, man, that's him. And <laughs> when, when they found out I was director of security, killing stopped in the projects. Mm. Because most of them hollering out the window and hanging off the banisters had attended the Nation of Islam services while they was in the county jail or while they was in Stateville prison. Mm. So all we got to do is do the work among those that they condemn as the worst. Come on, man. And maintain your position on the foundation that Master. Father Muhammad allowed the Honorable Elijah Muhammad to work on. And then the reestablishment on that foundation by Minister Farrakhan. So basically all we got to do is get out among the people, invite them to what we accepted, put on different community programs and things where they could get to know mm -hmm. us. And leave mm. the rest to Allah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Praise be to Allah. 
beautiful. I hope y'all understand what I'm saying. The work from oh, the yes, inside. Enabled oh, me yes, un- under Minister Farrakhan's uh, uh, divine guidance and wisdom. We actually stopped the killing, man, from just mm-hmm. the work he had me doing on the inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, if you don't mind, no, once I, I got once uh, once I <laughs> once uh, I no longer worked there, I got calls from brothers telling me, man, the worst mistake they ever made was to get rid of you, cause tomorrow's killing gonna start back, and I'm tired of killing. I've been mm. killing since I'm 11 years old, man, and. Mm. I'm tired of this. They, you got to come mm. back. And uh, I asked the minister, and uh, he didn't sound like, you know, he wanted me to go back. So I, I never went back. But yes, that's the effect of us serving the people. And the same mm. happened with Minister Farrakhan. Serving the compute the community when and walking among the people, taking time to just talk with them, mm. carve an hour out where you just talk to the people. Don't you ain't trying to sell them a paper or nothing. Talk to them, walk with them, mm. and then you will have the same. We will have the same effect that Minister Farrakhan had on the people when the police attacked. The people rose up, and they had to ask the minister to escort them to safety. We yes, got the sir. same power. Mm. That's that's my answer on that, brother. Simple <laughs> but effective. Simple but effective. Good God, brother Kenneth, share your thoughts with us, brother. On what can we do to help stem the tide of our young men going into the Belly to be. Brother, I can get it to you real simple. Follow what Brother Abdullah just said. <laughs> My, a long way. That's, exactly, that's exactly what I was thinking. Because I, I'm, I, it, it was go so ahead. profound. He told me to, to go ahead, but I mean, that's beautiful. I, I just would like with this for me to just bear witness to what he said, because when he said, and, and I want the listeners to say, he his work on the inside of the prison manifested on the outside. He had the kind of credibility, but once he came, he was so well thought of and loved because he had shown that kind of love to people in the worst conditions in their life. Mm-hmm that immediately they say, hey, we got somebody here that believes in us and we're going to follow him. That's what we have to do. That's what what he's trying to get over to us. We we got to get real deep and involved in this thing. When he's taking the message of the one who commissioned him, from my vantage point now, Mm -hmm. And he said, pick up your cross and follow me. What did they say about the Jesus 
in the Bible we read about, they asked him the question, mm. why do you hang out with publicans and sinners? Right. Come on, man. Right. You know, these are, these are, these are the, low, the low level people. He said the hill need not a physician. They said the same thing about Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. Only the meanness of them follow you. Well, right. who would be oh the sinners God. today? Who would be the meanest of us today? It would be those that are languishing in the prison house. It would be the youth that they are labeling as uh, a lost cause, irredeemable, irreformable, mm. super predators, you know, menace to on, society, man. all of these things that they're labeling, but they don't want to get down to the root cause of the problem. So just mm -hmm. like Victor Hugo says, if a soul is left in darkness, sins will be committed. But the guilty one is not he who commits the sin, is he who creates the darkness. So you right. lock up these teenagers for uh, robbery, you lock <laughs> them up for kidnapping, you lock them up for murder. But these are derivative crimes born out of the greater crime. Because who was the first robber? Who robbed them of right. the themselves? the knowledge of God, right, go the knowledge of religion, the time and what must be done. Who kidnapped their ancestors from their land and never had to pay a price? Who is the biggest killer? They may shoot one or two people, but who have wiped mm -hmm. out entire populations here in America? Mm -hmm. Whatever they do, it is a small reflection of the greater on, crime man. that has been committed that has never been addressed. So we got to go after our people and stop condemning them. We got to go after our youth and stop judging them. We got to do just like the minister showed us and what Brother Abdul is talking about. Just go out and walk with them and mm -hmm. let them know you believe in them. Uh -huh. And you'll be surprised of the results you'll get. And you learned all of these things when you on the inside carrying that message to the population mm -hmm. that how in the prison houses of America. Wow. Wow. Brother, y'all make me, man, want to get up tomorrow, get suited and booted and go to the field that I'm assigned and, and just hit the block. <laughs> y'all got me fired up, brother. And that's exactly what uh, was in my heart as it relates to what we need to do. Last question before we get to the top of the hour. We got five minutes on this one, dear brothers. A question coming from our dear sister Donna, uh, and we want to get to the banquet just a little bit, which was such a beautiful celebration. Good God Almighty, it was a night to remember, like Shalomar say. But brothers, for the families that may be listening and have family members that are incarcerated, how do how how does an NOI study group actually get started in prison where they may not exist because? In my estimation, every prison house in this country need a study group up and rolling uh, in it. So how do how does that happen, Brother Abdullah? How does a brother get that started in a prison where it may not already be present? Or uh, sister as well. The, right. And uh, I want to briefly say uh, it's not highlighted as much as the brothers, but... Uh, Minister Farrakhan, when I first got chosen, he uh, permitted me to conduct religious services for the women. And now um, 
I did it for nine years. And then I turned it over to a sister named Marilyn. Then COVID-19 hit. And uh, for the second time, I have uh, established religious services for the women. With that being said, it takes the brother that's on the inside who is a believer is the one that fights to establish religious services and to have a representative of his faith to come in. Sometimes they are denied religious service and most of the uh, religious services that we have, it was inmates on the inside that wrote grievances and filed lawsuits and won the right for them to practice their faith. So it's not us mm. going in saying, let me in, let me in. It's got to be a believer from the inside fighting for Islam, knowing that we will surely win. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Praise be to Allah. So that's how it's done. And, and that is certainly needed uh, on the inside. We're just a couple of minutes from the top of the hour. Of course, you all are listening to Elevated Places. I certainly want to reiterate that Elevated Places, it continues to move forward. And uh, we are standing on the shoulders of our dear sister and founder of this blog talk radio program, sister minister, student sister minister Ava Muhammad. And may Allah be pleased with her as we continue her legacy and keep her works alive and in the forefront. We encourage you listeners, please go and visit her website at www.ministerava.com where you will find print books, ebooks, and masterclass recordings Equip your spiritual library today because I'm telling you, some spiritual warfare is seriously going on at a level that's, I mean, that's serious. So the best and most valuable possession we can have in this time, as the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan has said to us, I remember him saying this to Savior's Day 94 and the guide and the guidance in these troubled times. He said the most valuable possession you can have in this time is right guidance. And you will find that uh, at Sister Dr. Abel's website, of course, as well as the Nation of Islam's website and the Final Call store. So we're at the top of the hour, one minute until I think my big sister, Sister Charlene Muhammad, is on. Sister Charlene, are you there, ma'am? Hi, Assalamualaikum. Yes, sir. How are you? <laughs> I am blacktastic and getting better now that I hear your voice, Sister Christina. Come with that mighty, mighty Final Call segment of tonight's broadcast. Thank you, and nice I'm linking to the panel. Today's In the News on Elevated Places begins with the Final Call newspaper's cover story, Weather Nightmare Pummels America as Winter Storm Engulfs the Country. The natural strength of God's power over nature is manifesting more and more as the four great judgments of rain, hail, snow, and earthquakes sweep across America from coast to coast. Millions of people are still dealing with the aftermath of the latest weather event that has hit the U.S. Frigid temperatures gripped America in a winter storm and bomb cyclone that adds 
press time for the final call left more than 1.5 million people without power, caused thousands of flight cancellations, and caused flooding across the country during the week of December 22nd through 25th. This according to the National Weather Service. The scope of the storm has been nearly unprecedented, stretching from the Great Lakes near Canada to the Rio Grande, the Rio Grande, along the border with Mexico. About 60% of the U.S. population faced some sort of winter weather advisory or warning, and temperatures plummeted drastically below normal from east of the Rocky Mountains to the Appalachians. This is according to the National Weather Service. And PBS.org reported that at least 25 people died in Erie County, New York, as a result of the massive winter storm. County officials said December 26th that brought the nationwide death toll to 47, according to CNN. Heavy snow, strong winds, and dangerous wind chills slammed various parts of the country. Watch the weather, as you said, Brother Shahid, and closing out our. In the news today, we have In Unmasking Black America. This article is out of the special section, COVID-19 and the U.S. policy of depopulation. Black and Latino people Mm. in America continue to mask up for fear of catching the sickness known as COVID-19. But the question remains, if the pandemic is over, as an unmasked President Biden said in September on 60 Minutes, Referencing the lack of mask wearing all around him, why is it that blacks are still attached to masking? Why have so many blacks chosen to willingly restrict their own breathing and to continually re-inhale so much of the waste that their bodies are trying to eliminate? Even those who say they believe that the governments of the world are in the midst of a massive depopulation program appear to accept that these same governments are earnestly trying to save them from a pandemic with health policies like lockdowns, mandatory masking, and social distancing. A just-published study in the Journal of Infection challenging the CDC's own data set found a, quote, lack of correlation between school mask mandates and pediatric COVID-19 cases, unquote. In summary, that study stated, quote, We fail to find the same evidence that school mask mandates are associated with a reduction in U.S. County pediatric COVID-19 cases. Despite these conclusive scientific findings, Dr. Christina Park, cellular and molecular biologist, explains the belief in mask wearing is more superstition than science-based logic. She says, quote, people want to believe that face masks work. So they are kind of turning their brain off. It's a form of magical thinking, such as when one goes to a movie, suspends one's disbelief, and decides that people can fly. They've generated so much fear. I've seen very rational people wearing a mask. And even though it's just a regular medical mask, there's holes everywhere, around your nose, the cracks around your mouth and your chin. How does anybody really think that that's doing anything? Asked Dr. Park for In the News and Elevated Places. I'm Sister Charlene Muhammad. Oh, Sister Charlene, if I had my applause button, I'd give you a round of applause, dear sister. Thank you for that wonderful support. 
from that great, great final call newspaper. Brothers and sisters, we are at that point in the program where we would like to engage our listening audience. And if you would like to be a part of tonight's conversation, you simply just have to call in. And the call-in number is 563-999-3065. And just press number one, and you will be entered into the queue. And first up tonight, we got my brother Hoyle Muhammad, who's calling in, want to talk to our guest tonight. Brother Hoyle, are you there, sir? Assalamu alaikum, student minister, brother Abdul Shaheed Muhammad. I'm up here with a bunch of superstars. <laughs> you and the great Abdul. No, sir, brother. I'm, I'm a grain of sand on the beach of the believers. <laughs> Wa alaikum yeah, salam, yeah. sir. I guess uh, I'm yes, like sir, to go to the ready I'm, here and answer whatever you got to ask. Go right ahead. Yes, sir, brother. And uh, I just want to thank uh, the great work. Uh, and I saw the... Uh, <laughs> The clip, uh, I wasn't able to make it down there, but I saw it on the Holly Springs, with, um, um, the, the, you know, the feed, and I, it was beautiful and, and moving. You know, all the brothers, I want to thank the brothers, brother, the student minister, Abdullah, beautiful testimony, and my brother, Kenneth Muhammad, brother, brother, you, you're powerful, brother, you're a powerful brother, and uh, all of you, and I want to thank you for doing the great work in Holly Springs, you and Brother Kenneth are doing in, in Holly Springs, and Brother Abdullah and, and his group and meet, um, Reform Ministry, he's, he's been there for years, and I've met the brother uh, at, in Chicago, and I met him several times, beautiful brother. Um, myself, I work, you know, myself and Brother Warren, we're top fishermen in the nation, and actually, we work with a lot of brothers that are in co- incarcerated and dealing with street brothers, and, um, you know, we have the same sentiments, you know, to, to teach them the knowledge of self and uh, and bring them to the, to the mosque, you know, and, uh, and what's important, you know, a lot of them have, you know, in, 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 while they were incarcerated, uh, some of them have, you know, been in um, the Nation of Islam Prison Reform Ministry, but I remember the minister saying, and um, he said, what is the importance of the NOI Prison Reform Ministry? And he, the minister said, some of our greatest minds are languishing in prison, not because we are wicked by nature, but we are wicked by circumstance. And others are there um, who, who are absolutely innocent. Prison has been used by the wicked to trap and imprison minds that are rebellious to their system. So what we would like to see happen to those in prison is what happened to Brother Malcolm as a perfect example. So we should demand that books are in the libraries that can inspire us to greatness, and then it can start with the teaching of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And I like what Brother Abdullah say, and, you know, the brothers to hold on in prison, because, like I said, we, Allah's chastisement is, is in full effect. And we and if, you, if we submit, and uh, and I remember Brother Jabril say that some of the best helpers are going to come from the prison, you know, so, and out there in the streets. So, um, inshallah. And if I know, may, Brother Hoyle, on. if you will pronounce, yes, pronounce it, Brother Abdullah. Brother Abdullah. Abdullah. I'm, I'm sorry, yes, sir. Yes. yes, sir. Thank you, Brother Abdullah. Yes, sir. Thank you, Brother. And um, uh, yes, forgive sir. me for, for missing. <laughs> yes, sir. And um, this is a beautiful show and beautiful testimony. And um, I'm just listening and soaking in the. Um, Knowledge and um, and I'm just gonna just just so can let somebody else talk and I just want to thank you brothers for doing the great work you're doing and uh, and like yes, the minister man. said, questions you want prison. to ask, brother? Oh yeah, uh, I want to ask the question, um, brother. 
Abdullah. <laughs> I got it right. <laughs> Did I say it right, brother? Come on, brother man. Shaheed. <laughs> yes, sir. I got it right. <laughs> uh, brother Abdullah, are, are you going to expand? Um, um, I, I know you, and with the COVID and, and everything going on, um, are you going to expand uh, what we, uh, you know, the prison reform ministry around uh, the country? Are you going to um, seek and get training? Because I know, I know, brothers, a lot of uh, of Abdul Mutakir's uh, system and brother Abdul Shahid, he's he's a he's probably still is, and all of the brothers still work in the prisons. But are you going to uh, seek more ministers in the prison? Well, the decision as to who becomes a a uh, NOI prison reform minister, uh, well, uh, prison reform ministry assistant or coordinator, we uh, rest with the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Mm -hmm. His last, his. Uh, Brother Mustafa, our Supreme Captain, came to one of our laborers' meetings, and he said that the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said that he's the only one that makes ministers. And as yes, far sir. as he's concerned, you are the only prison minister because you are the only one that he chose. So there are others that are helping me, but Minister Farrakhan determines if they are allowed to go in a prison. Yes, sir. And and uh, the Nation of Islam's prison ministry doesn't need to expand. It's all we already in the prisons across the country, in the islands, and overseas. Yes, so. Sir. The it's it, like I said, it's the warriors within who take the stand and the fight to set up a beachhead behind enemy lines, and then we begin to take control of the minds of those inmates that are uh, able to be communicated with. And uh, yes, as you mentioned, Brother Warren, and you being fishermen, well, Brother Warren attended religious services when I conducted religious services in Pekin, Illinois. Yes, sir. So uh, we already, uh, well, since you mentioned that, I'll say one thing and then let Brother Kenneth respond if, if that's the order of the show. But I just left teaching at Old Folks in prison. Mm -hmm. uh, on the 21st of December. And when I finished teaching and had left the institution, is a brother named Abdul Malik that did 31 years and was in contact with the inmates and yes, facilitated the way for me to visit that prison. Mm. I visited the prison and I can and I delivered the word as I was taught by the honorable minister Louis Farrakhan under his guidance. And when I left I got a call from Brother Abdul Malik and all he was saying was, It's lit. It's lit, man. It's lit. <laughs> 
And he said, they organizing, they organizing, man. So the next yes, day, sir. I realized, I don't know what he means, they organized. So I asked him the next day, I said, what do you mean they organized? He said, man, you touched some key people up in there. You touched some key people, man. They organized and they're getting ready to buy the study guys and everything to be in the chapel library. They pledging to start coming to uh, the Nation of Islam religious services themselves, and they buying individual study guides for themselves. So, yes, wow. The word, the word is spreading and bringing about the change. Yes, sir. That's all I got to say on that. But I did. Uh, affect Brother Warren when he was locked up according to his own words and testimony. I thank you all. Oh, he told me you did. He told me you did. All praise all to right. Allah. I'm, that's all I'm I have to say. To thank you, Brother. All right. May Allah bless you all in your endeavors and keep up the good work. That's all I can say. All praise due to Allah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you, Brother Hoyle. All right. Brother Abdullah, man, I got to get like you, brother, in the sense that. What you mean? My answers, what you talking about? My, my answers, my <laughs> answers are succinct and not so wordy. I'm a wordy brother, brother Abdullah. But you go straight for the throat and, it, and it's done. So you I've made that observation it. about <laughs> My brother, well, Kenneth, did you want to add anything? No, go ahead, brother Abdullah. Go ahead, sir. No, I don't want to stop Brother Kenneth from uh, having something to say. <laughs> I know, sir. Oh, uh, you handled that one, brother. You knocked it out of the park. Oh, God. <laughs> you ran around, around the bases, and, and that's it. They're going in for a relief pitch right now. It's over with. <laughs> <laughs> I probably shouldn't say this. I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say, Brother Andre, you asked for questions, not speeches. And you should yes, make sir. sure people ask the question. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's what I just did to Brother Hoyle. And Sister Donna said I pulled one out of him tonight. <laughs> Praises be to Allah. <laughs> we got another caller on hold, and I think it's Brother Darrell. So we want to get to Brother Darrell. Brother Darrell, we want to hold you up any longer. Are you there, sir? Yes, Islam Lackman family. Happy Savior's Day. Happy Savior's well, Day. Well, sir. I'm not going to keep you long because my sister whooping us with this good eating food, homemade, veggie, rice, and stuff. But I want to pray, speak to Allah for all of the uh, hosts that's on there that's speaking. It's words I can't even express. The words that I want to say, y'all already took it out, so it's a lot of confirmation. But when the brother was speaking about the price that Master Muhammad said that we, Don Elijah Muhammad, had to pay, he prepared himself to go in prison. He didn't have to, and I don't Elijah Muhammad didn't either, but they had him on draft that he was uh, too old to go in. But the God knew that a lot of us were going to be going into the prison. So when they went, when he, the God went in, then Master Fra Muhammad, to whom praise are due forever, he was preparing the prison life for those that went in. But look what the blessings has done throughout the nation of Islam, uh, Cook County Jail, and all throughout 
the prisons of, of, of America, these teachings is spreading all over. I just want to thank you all because words, I can't even describe what I want to say because you all have answered it. All praises and to Allah for the teachings of the Honorable Muhammad. And may Allah continue to bless you to save a show. Long live the spirit of our beloved sister Ava. I love you all, and ain't nothing you could do with it. I'm like, praise is due to a lot. Thank you, Brother Daryl, for your call. Uh, and the, the, the callers, man, and people are listening. And uh, there are great expectations where the prison reform ministry is concerned. I want to get to the gala, to the gala that just, just passed. And I really had not had a chance to talk with Brother Abdullah at length about how uh, he enjoyed it and how he felt. So, Brother uh, uh, Abdullah, just share with us how you felt. And Sister Charlene, jump in at any time. You don't have to respond to that right now, Brother Abdullah, but I want to hear your words. But our Sister Charlene is still there. Sister Charlene, did you have a question? Um, thank you. Actually, I do. Thank you. Thank you, brother. And um, wow, this dialogue is very, very, very good. And uh, just can't thank a lot enough for you all and what you're doing with the prison reform. And brother Abdullah, <laughs> you, just, you dropped the mic when you talked about that COVID piece inside the prison. And um, my question yes, comes out of that. Yeah, um, the question comes. And it's also so good to have the gala take place. Um, what are some of the protocols and policies right now, even um, since you've um, gathered that data, for families who want to visit or write, send, send materials? How does one support a, an, an inmate now with the entire climate? What did you say? Um, I thought I heard you use the word materials. Yeah, whether I mean, and what are the policies for visit visitation? What is that structure now, and also for supporting someone? Um, if you want to give get money to them, books to them, how can family members go about? You know, or even people who want to adopt uh, a, a prisoner, so to speak, for lack of a better term, an inmate. Well, first of all, you have to know an inmate to adopt the inmate. And, <laughs> and then you have to do that <laughs> on, on your own because uh -huh. uh, my perception is at the Holy Day of Atonement, Mm -hmm. Father George Clemens was supposed to be able to present his program, which is Adopt a Prisoner. Mm -hmm. But circumstances didn't allow him to come to the microphone, so the minister said it for him on his behalf. I'm not, uh, I'm not opposed to adopting an inmate, but I would rather for you to adopt a study group and support the brothers mm. that's doing the work in the belly of the beast. Mm. Mm. Got it, got it. The um, And plus, I don't have all of the help I need, and 
once you write a brother or a sister back, I don't write the uh, women. I, I got uh, my sister and sister Ophelia, sister Marilyn and them to write on my behalf. They might ask me what I would like to say, but I don't write the women. But you, if you want to send, they don't let you send in. In other words, Sister Charlene can't send in a final call paper to whatever sister or, or brother, uh, meaning family member. Uh, mm-hmm. If you want to send a final call in or a book, you, you can't just mail it in anymore. They want it to come from a publisher. So the best mm-hmm. way for us to send in literature and materials is to order it from the final call. Mm-hmm. And then let the final call ship it in or you pay for the subscription and let the final call send them the the newspaper. And as far as prison's protocol, it depends on the prison and the administration. Some administrations Mm -hmm. don't hinder you the way some others do. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it depends on the institution and the mentality of the administration, whether or not, but right now, the, the way I see it, um, some of them you got to take um, a test seven days before you come into the prison as a guest speaker. Others, you got to do it three days before you come in. And the last prison I went to, they only required me to wear a mask. So mm. now that you said, uh, you know, like you said, Biden is on TV, and uh, I think I heard that uh, you don't have to wear the mask now. And so it depends on what part of the country, who the administrators are, what you have to do to visit your family. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Yes. And that is so true. Man. Well, Brother Abdullah, Brother Kenneth, it's gala time, man. We want to hear, as I was saying before our sister and sister Charlene, that was a beautiful question, sister, because people uh, people really don't know the the hurdles that have been placed. That was back in the day. You used to mail a care package, but it's not like that no more. But Brother Abdullah, man, I want to hear, man, how did, how did you feel? You know, share with us how did you experience the gala it was such a beautiful thing to me, but I want to hear from you, brother. How did you enjoy uh, the prison reform, the fourth annual prison reform gala in Holly Springs last Saturday? Well, uh, it's still dawning on me. Uh, mm. All I knew is that that gala uh, celebration was bigger than me. I knew that, Mm. but I couldn't put it in words. Mm. But one of the things that I really enjoyed was hearing Brother Kenneth tell how this event came about. 
And Uh-oh, that was my him question. wanting to do something <laughs> to raise the spirit of um, Holly Springs and the South. And he was trying to come up with how to go about it. And his wife, whom I did not know and uh, didn't know me, suggested to him, uh, why don't you uh, honor uh, Brother Abdullah? You always mm-hmm. are here talking about him. So <laughs> that, that, <laughs> so that was a Crazy high point for me. I'm going like, what? I didn't even know her. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, and then Brother Kenneth, uh, like he said, his helped me, helped him to move mm-hmm. out on that idea. Mm-hmm. So that was a highlight for me. I really uh, that that really uh, stunned me, and uh, I even told Brother Kenneth several times, "Man, this is bigger than me, man. This is bigger than me." And then. All of a sudden, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, the Messiah of the Second Resurrection, on. popped up on the screen. And I knew nothing yes, about it. <laughs> I didn't know yes, what was going to happen. And to listen to the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan uh, tell us about the memories Mm. That this event that Sister Coretta uh, suggested her husband put on Mm. brought the Messiah back to where he came. Come on, man. And then, then the, you know, in the Bible, uh, in the revelations, it, you know, my memory is ain't <laughs> like it used to be, but I believe it's Revelations chapter 6. Mm-hmm. There are voices crying out from the throne, from under the throne. Mm-hmm. How long, how long, O Lord, before thou dost avenge our blood shed upon the earth? Mm-hmm. And he told him mm-hmm. uh, that just a little while. And he gave them white robes of sainthood, mm. and and let them that know you got brothers that gonna have to pay the same price. That wasn't the exact words, but basically that's what it's saying. Mm-hmm. And the minister went into the how the Jews bought the land and had us pick the cotton, and they grew uh. rich. And our mm. brothers and sisters that were slain by these wicked slave masters, it caused Minister Farrakhan to mention them. And mm. Eddie, Eddie, uh, I mean, Skip Robinson, yeah. who was killed when an 18-wheeler crossed the center line. And ran mm-hmm. head on into him. And while I was down there, they took me on a tour of, uh, I forgot the name of it, but it's the hotel where Heritage. I King, the Heritage. Yes, what? sir. Heritage and the Civil Rights Museum. It was the Heritage Tour. Okay, and they took me there. 
And um, mm. um, on a phone call, the minister asked me, do, do you know Skip Robinson? And I told the minister, I've been walking around since I've been down here with Skip Robinson in my heart and all of the martyrs who sacrificed their life for us to get to where we at now. Good and God. then the minister came on the screen and talked about his memories and his experience with the people of the South who immediately decided that mm -hmm. they would secure him to old Mississippi. Yeah. So for us to hear that history, and it was a lot of firsts that I heard. One of the first places where I started, mm -hmm. my first minister, strong minister, who was so strong and fearless, I named him um, Abdul Aziz, formerly Skip Robinson. Mm -hmm. My first minister, where I first mm -hmm. began. And then Sister Shelby, his sister, a week before I came down there, told me that her brother Skip Robinson came to her and her sister Van and told them that Minister Farrakhan is going to start a school and he's going to need you all. Then Sister mm -hmm. Shelby became the first director of MUI here in Chicago. Mm -hmm. That's right. Parchment, Mississippi mm. is the first prison that Minister Farrakhan went to upon his rise. And I mm. was blessed to be with him. And that's yes, the sir. first prison that I escorted him into. My, I gave a brother named Roosevelt my first FOI uniform. He passed it on to brother Kareem Ali. And then at the sale, at the gala, the uniform was given back to me in a frame. Mm. Come so on, it was man. a lot of first things, Beautiful. a lot of things that was first that uh, I noticed. Mm. So, Beautiful. and then for me walking around with Skip Robinson in my heart, even before I got down there, for the mm. minister to say I remind him of Skip Robinson, mm. that right there, it touched me deeply because mm. I, I can't even put it in words, man. I would never forget what these people have done to us. Mm. And I would never back down from telling the truth, regardless of whom or what. We need to bring Minister Farrakhan to people all over this country and world because Jesus is a traveler for justice. And Minister Farrakhan is that woman standing on the moon, breaking mm -hmm. it down, painting to give birth ahead, to man. a nation Go that ahead. 
a man child that will rule with a rod of iron. Mm. Mm. That star in our flag is closed in the light of truth from Allah, our God, who gave us the flag and his servants' truth. Elijah Muhammad's truth is surrounding and clothing that star which represents justice and minister Farrakhan. So to realize all of this, and I'm still realizing things, man, it's bigger than me, and I would just want to stay in the zone. I just want to pray. I just want to read some part of the Quran every morning after prayer. I want to work out. I want to study, and then I want to do more work, like in office work, answering letters or whatever my responsibilities are. And it occurred to me this morning after prayer that we can't let, um, what do you call that, uh, not superstition, but mm. in other words, these traditions are uh, mm-hmm. making you think because you didn't make it a, at 5 a.m. Now it's too late to do your rock cards and Allah is not going to accept your prayers. It's five. It's supposed to be oh, at no, five sir, this time. No, no. No, sir. If no, I sir. don't be blessed to wake up at five and I wake up at six, guess what? I'm saying my prayer, my doing my rock cards. Nothing is going to stop me from communicating with my God. Come on, brother. That's right. That's right, brother. That's what I I got. Uh, Sister Coretta and Brother Kenneth being at the root of this whole thing. And uh, uh, the cause for Minister Farrakhan to come back where he began. So uh, I'm going to be quiet at this point. I know, brother, you sound full, man, you know, and uh, you you got got me full. (laughs) You pour your cup running over and running in my cup, man. (laughs) Well, well, that's all good, because I'm trying to I'm trying to uh, defend my leader the way according to where he got me at. That's right, brother. Beautiful. Hey, man, you, you kind of segue me into the question I have for Brother Kenneth. Okay. And uh, I, I kind of, but he's the representative of his household. Brother Kenneth, man, what was the genesis of this the beautiful idea? And how did it develop in your mind, brother, as Brother Abdullah alluded to? You know, you wanted to do something. You made it clear to me, brother, what your desire was. Brother Abdullah, he he was clear in what he wanted to do when he got to Holly Springs. He, his pastor, yes, his person, I, I know that, and he knows I ain't standing in the way of it. I'm going to help him get wherever Allah's trying to get my brother to. So, brother, share with us, brother Kenneth, how did it develop in your mind as, as your wife gave it to you, or even before then, if you so desire? Well, in the time constraints, the prison reform gala, the first time uh, 
I was involved with it. I was incarcerated. Brother Captain Andre Muhammad and the Believers out of Muhammad's Mile 60 had me write a letter expressing uh, the need to support prison reform ministry. The Mm -hmm. second one was 2018. I had just been released a couple of months and the believers came out. Uh, I think the regional uh, helpers were there. But the third one was interesting because I think Brother Ishmael was there and I had just entered into courtship with my uh, now wife, Sister Coretta. And then COVID hit. Mm-hmm. This was 2019, mm-hmm. so we didn't do anything in 2020. We didn't do anything in mm-hmm. 2021. So fast forward, um, I was saying, hey, you know, let's let's get this thing back going. And then I said to myself, because when you go into prison and service brothers, like Brother Abdullah and, and uh, the brothers that were coming in serving us uh, from Mars mm-hmm. number 60 in Nashville, Tennessee, that's hard work. Oftentimes, the brothers that you're servicing, uh, they don't come out to the Mars, man. It's, it's almost like mm-hmm. you're working for nothing in other people's mm-hmm. eyes. But the, those brothers, the program was different. Uh, they supported brothers once they were released. I know a brother, uh, brother John, uh, he was from St. Louis, but he wanted to go to the mosque. And so they, they put him up and paid his rent. They would pick him up and bring him back and forth so he can attend the mosque meetings. Uh, the brother mm-hmm. captain gave him employment. I mean, all of those things until he was able to um get comfortable and get on his own and, and now he's 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 a husband father and uh, driving in the mosque all of those things and so in my mind i want to say thank you for that uh mm-hmm. you know let me lighten the burden you know let me let me remove some of the yoke and then i said well we're here in holly springs mississippi the state of mississippi uh many people have a certain opinion about it, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. You describe you describe it uh, in that fancy language. You you say a uh, one way, and I was saying myself, I could never understand it because I wasn't a big color purple bear. But you you liken it to Sealy uh, uh, of the color purple. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, I wanted to do that. I wanted to do something that. To, uh, jump starters back off, and I wanted it to bring the prison reform ministry, man, to the forefront because sometimes it's an afterthought. And as I was expressing that to my wife, she said, "Well, let's bring in Brother Abdullah. You know, you always talking mm. about him. You always saying how you know the only difference from him is people don't really get to see him." She said, well, let's, let's, mm-hmm. let's honor him. He's been doing it a long time, and let's honor him. I said, okay. Mm-hmm. I said, how will we go about it? She said, hey, leave that to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, said, <laughs> I said, okay. I said, okay. We just got to work. Got with the brothers in Nashville, and we just started working. And my wife began to tell me that 
A lot of people were calling her. Sister, she know around the country that she sold you with and say, hey, you doing something for Abdullah? Brother Abdullah? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. He's always, he's always so good for the sisters. He always, you know, supported us. What can we do to help? Count me in. I'm coming. I'm going to be there. You know, I wasn't going out begging people to come, but I just honest right. God too. People I were calling and saying, Hey, hey, come on. And when people would say, Hey, let's do something that wasn't compatible with what the vision that we were trying to bring forth, I, I, the brother was right, I wasn't having it. We were gonna honor <laughs> the honorable minister Louis Farrakhan's Student National Prison Reform Minister. It's going to be his day. It's going to be about what he's done and and all of us who were affected that want to come out and and give honor, thanks, and respect to one of our own. And when I walked mm-hmm. in, and Brother Abdullah, he's correct. All weekend long, from the first time I saw him, he said, man, this bigger than me. It's bigger than me. People yeah. be talking to him, hugging him. He said, I don't even see a word that is. And I'm looking like, man, 32 years doing this? Yeah, you you getting this. <laughs> but, but the more events started taking place. Um, now, here's something that I haven't shared. That Saturday morning, there was a longtime helper of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. I think the brother's name was Chuck Green. If I'm wrong, please. Right. Uh-huh. Right. That's Chuck a, Green. No, Chuck came, Green. Thank you, sir. He came to the hotel and sat down, and then the minister's uh, daughter came and sat down, and he began to talk some of the history, Brother Abdullah talking, and I'm sitting there, in my mind, I'm like, this needs to be recorded. But I was like, man, we missing it. But it was just so <laughs> spiritual. It was so enlightening. And I said to myself, I said, the God is with us. And when we walked right. in that night, the first thing, because I didn't know what my wife was presenting. I just know she was uh, working tirelessly around the clock, the sisters, and even my family members who are, not in the nation of Islam. They're my family members, but they were helping my wife. I mean, stand up mm. all night. They were helping That's to put right. this thing on. I got to say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when we walked in, and I heard the brother Halalah Akbar, and when I looked mm-hmm. and I saw the beauty of the faces of the people who were there, Come I on, said, Allah Akbar, and the people that night, the spirit was high. Uh, people were coming by saying all kind of wonderful things. And I looked at my wife. I said, what we wanted to do, Allah blessed us to do. And I really believe because we prayed and we kept our motives pure and we didn't allow mm. any of the, our surrounding noise around us to affect what we wanted to do for our brother. Minister Abdullah Muhammad, and I just thank Allah mm. that He used me and to get a message from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Oh, what yeah. can you say? <laughs> the high point. That's the high point. <laughs> yes, sir. That's right. That's right, my brother. Man, 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 brother. 
I've just thoroughly enjoyed. I thank my sister Donna for the invitation to be a part of tonight's program. And I've wanted to do this. I'm blessed just to be part of it. And I want to say to you, Brother Kenneth, thank you for sharing your idea with us and hosting it in Holly Springs, that all of us could be a part of it. And thank you, Brother Abdullah, for the work that you've done and continue to do. And my prayer that Allah will continue to bless you. We got 16 more minutes. So, hey, sound like I'm closing, but I'm not. Uh, a sister, <laughs> like me check with Sister Donna because she's sending me text messages about people that are uh, in the call queue. She, 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 she's crying. <laughs> she's touched. She's sending me uh, emojis with tears. And, and I got to say, Brother Abdullah, uh, the request that you uh, gave me earlier or yesterday regarding those sisters that came from Chicago, uh, my wife has fulfilled those requests. And those packages should arrive for those sisters shortly on behalf, well, within the next couple of days, on behalf of yourself and your wife. It was such such a beautiful event. But in the time that we've got left, going forward, we talked about how what needs to be done to establish them inside of a prison where they may not exist. Sister Charlene broached the question concerning, you know, Adopting an, uh, an inmate, and you said it would be better to adopt a study circle. Savior's Day 2023 is coming up, and there's something in the works, and I guess this is more of an internal question, but it's external too because many supporters and friends come out for Savior's Day. It is the crowning event of Black History Month. And I got to ask, brother, What's cooking for the Prison Reform Ministry Workshop coming up, Savior's Day 2023? And we encourage all of the brothers that were incarcerated, you got to come to Chicago, man, and attend the workshop. Hopefully, inshallah, we will be blessed. And our brother Abdullah and those who are helping him will be blessed to put it on. What can we expect, brother? Or is it something that needs to cook before you expose it. It needs to cook before I expose it, and I don't want to make any kind of announcement ahead of the executive council who is going to make an announcement in a few days. Man, you just see, see how soldierly that is, y'all? See how soldierly <laughs> that is and how soldierly Brother Kenneth is? as it relates to certain responses, he don't need to add anything to it. That's what we need to get to. That's the discipline we need amongst ourselves. It creates the kind of love uh, in the brotherhood that we so desperately need among black men. And before I close, before the time gets us, brother, we got about 13 minutes left. The Nation of Islam's Prison Reform Ministry, and this speaks to just how valuable and important it is because I don't think many of us realize just how valuable the Nation of Islam's prison reform ministry really is. And it is, there's a saying that you, you, you know a man by the weight of his enemies. Back in 2018, the Washington Examiner wrote uh, uh, a propaganda-laced article about the Nation of Islam, and it essentially attacked it, attacked us. Uh, Peter King, a senator out of New York, uh, 
at a time was trying to work to have all of us who were serving as students in the Nation of Islam's prison, helpers in the Nation of Islam's prison reform ministry, to stop us from coming, specifically. Uh, Brother Abdullah and Brother Kenneth, what were, what, are, what were your thoughts when you heard of that, and what must our people understand as to why the enemy would single out the Nation of Islam's prison reform ministry like that? Because he's one of the conspirators that set the traps and take advantage of our lack of knowledge of God himself to uh and and works with people to pass these wicked laws such as three strikes um and then you out for life. The knowledge of who Peter T. King and all of the rest of the Caucasians are is within us. And as we spread that knowledge, people begin to see them as they are. So he don't want our people to see them as they are because that means the end of their power to rule. Mm-hmm. So he's just an an open enemy. And him and another, I forgot his name, but he he uh uh passed away. But they was trying to pass some kind of law to bring Minister Farrakhan before Congress. Yes, sir. So these are wicked influences of law to uh, take us out of society. And they are also part of the group who privately own prisons and benefit from prisons being on the stock market. Mm. So he's just a wicked uh, opposer of God Mm. trying to hinder our people from being raised. The conversation between God and Iblis was respite me until the day they are raised. Well, this is that day. Mm. And when you realize most brothers don't settle down enough to listen until they're in, in incarcerated. That's where your greatest minds come from. The time and the attention to the knowledge, wisdom, and understanding that's being offered them. They become giants up in there, and that's what the minister means. Once they start Mm -hmm. studying these teachings and manifesting the attributes of God, gradually involving into a reflection of God, that's what he means where he says these walls can't hold you. Peter T. Mm -hmm. King is a wise, crooked deceiver. And if you look at the scriptures, the rulers 
and their magicians always know who Muhammad is, always know who Jesus is, always know who Moses is, and always know who's born among the people that they are uh, oppressing and enslaving and punishing. So he is just one of the wicked conspirators that don't want you to know that this is the day that you are being raised into the knowledge of who the devil is. Mm. Man, powerful, powerful, simplistic and powerful, my brother. But Kenneth, anything you want to share with what your thoughts on why they are, would attack the Nation of Islam's prison ministry like that? And what is it that our people need to understand about how they are attacking us? we got about seven minutes left. We need five of them. And then two of them is going to be the close on out. Yes, sir, uh, Brother Shahi. The Nation of Islam Prison Reform Ministry is a, a man-making manufacturing machine. And so this world depends on that free labor that is sitting up in those prison houses. One of the main reasons is economic. The nation of Islam is diametrically opposed to this man's way of civilization. At the root of his control of our people, as Brother Minister Abdullah said, is deception. And so a crooked deceiver, he hates when the truth comes because falsehood banishes. Right. The nation of Islam exposes the light of the hidden hand. You can't hide when the light comes. So when we're right. in the prison and, and the study group is strong, then the brothers, they're not drinking the hooch. They're not using the drugs. They become organized and, and militant because... Islam is not new or strange to the black man. It's the nature of the black man. And Islam awakens in that black man the militaristic, warlike propensity. And so mm -hmm. they become a new human being. Right. And this is a threat. And when they are engaged in the negativity of the institution and the assaults go down, the violence go down, the organizing begins to take place. The men began to requesting the study guides. They requested different materials. They want better food. They want better health care. They're demanding right, their rights. Right. They become a problem. And it is like mm -hmm. that statue in the book of Daniel where they has uh, the head of gold and the breastplate of silver, but on, on their feet is is uh, miry clay and iron. It's unstable. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so those who are in the prison houses, as they begin to, now we call it the belly of the beast, but guess what? When mm. your stomach is upset, that's a discomfort that affects the whole body. Right. This is what the nation of Islam does inside. And so this is why men like Peter King are trying to restrict 
access and to get the teaching of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad out. They, they're not just saying we want Islam out because they know how to uh -oh. manipulate some aspects of Islam. But the teachings of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad under the leadership of the honorable minister Louis Farrakhan, that is what they are opposed to. And it is because of our exposure to who the enemy is. Right. Mm. Ooh, I need, brother Kenneth, I need my applause button, brother. You know I got an applause button. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, sir. No, sir. <laughs> you brothers, no, sir, brother. man, brother Abdullah, I mean, yes, sir. This, uh, I mean, I'm saying it lightheartedly, but I've been blessed to be part of the prison reform ministry as a helper for 28 years. And I see lions when I go in there, man. I see some some of, some of the best of the black man is in where I don't even call it the belly of the beast, really. I call it a diamond mine. Some of them are gold mines. And we need helpers for, with Brother Abdullah to go in and mine our people out of there and shine them up, put the pressure of the teachings on them and lay pressure upon their minds of their many mistakes in the past and present, as the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad says, that they may see the light and walk therein. Brothers and sisters, with three minutes to close, I got one minute to say this. Well, no. Well, yeah, one minute to say this, and those were the closing statements. And, Brother Abdullah, I'm going to close with what you told me at Saturday night, Brother, at the gala was your favorite scripture. And it's Isaiah 42 and 22, where it talks about us as a people, and it says, but this is the people robbed and spoiled. They are all of them snared in holes. They are hid in prison houses. They are for a prey and none delivereth for a spoil and none saith restore. And I'm so glad I had an honor and privilege to talk with two brothers, our student national prison reform minister, student minister Abdullah Muhammad is one who is poised and ready to deliver and to restore and to take the prey from the mighty on the direction of his leader and our leader and teacher, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, as well as our brother student, Minister Kenneth Muhammad in the prison reform ministry. So, brothers, I think we are at the end of this bad boy right now. And check with my sister Donna to make sure. Uh, I should say I got 30 seconds. So, brothers and sisters, thank you all for tuning in to tonight's edition of Elevated Places. And please allow us to leave you as we came before you with the greeting words of peace, praying that Allah will keep and bless you in these troubled times of Isalam Alaikum.
Mississippi on the moon. 